of the bay, uh, one of the definitions of distortion is the action of giving a misleading account or impression. And in a culture that likes to feed us all kinds of junk, what does it look like for us specifically to embrace God's truth? And when I was thinking about this, like one of one of the biggest distortions that I can think of um, comes from movies, right? One of the, one of the things that may, maybe it blows your mind too, blows my mind, is some of like the age gaps between the actor in real life and the character that they play. You get some crazy age gaps, and um, got got two classics for you today. The first one is Back to the Future. How many of us have seen Back to the Future? Okay, more than I was expecting. I was expecting like two hands to come up, so that was that was a good job. And, and for the for the three people who hadn't seen it, it's a pretty good movie, and you should should add it to your list of movies. But the character, I think there's a slide up. Yes, uh, yeah, Michael J. Fox. He uh, he was 24 playing a 16 year old. Uh, but the part that's crazy to me is he's he's a high schooler, right? His parents in the movie. Um, their names are Leah Thompson and Crispin Glover. Leah Thompson was 23, playing the mom, and then Crispin Glover was 21, playing the dad. So Michael J. Fox was older than both of his mom and dad in the movie. Distortion, right? That's pretty. That's pretty wild. That's pretty crazy. Now the one that that kind of still to this day, since I discovered this like a year ago, still is just. Mind blows me is a Karate Kid, um, Cobra Kai series, like that 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 uh, series saga, whatever you want to call it. Um, the actor Ralph Macchio, Daniel Larusso, he was uh, 23 years old playing a freshman in high school, and he was 28 years old uh, in the third movie, which technically was him as a sophomore high school. Um, but the part that's crazy to me is is like the villain in the third one, the guy's name is Terry Silver. I think there's another picture, if not, um, I think I forgot it. Um, but he's he's like, he's really known for like the ponytail dude. Um, if you've seen Cobra Kai, you've, you've seen it too. Um, but this guy looks like he's 40 in this, this uh, third movie. And the, the part that just blew my mind is that Ralph Macchio is actually older than the actor who played that guy. That's like supposed to be this crazy old villain dude. And in the Cobra Kai series, if you've seen it, like when it first released that, that he was coming back, the dude looked like he was 75. Like, like he should be starting to think about, you know, um, other other things than, than, you know, doing karate and, and stuff like that. Like, like, probably gonna break a hip if you came one more time. Like, that, that's how old he looked um, in that movie. And so it blew my mind to find out that Ralph Macchio, uh, Daniel LaRusso, was older than this guy, Thomas Ian Griffith, who, who plays Terry Silver. And so Hollywood is good at being misleading about the age of the actor or actress. And so, like, another, another example, Tom Holland, he's, like, 26 years old playing... Spider-Man, who's 16, 17, which is better than, than uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire being 30, but still. Um, anyways, at the core of all of this, like, 
distortion or misleading that we do with our lives. Getting, getting real. Um, where are the, the places in our life where we're good at putting up a mask? Or maybe we say we follow Jesus, um, but if we're with these, this certain group of people, they wouldn't even know that. Who, who is that? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, I think all of us in this room, if, if, if we're truly being real, could say there might be a place or two where maybe we look a little inauthentic in our faith. And so, what we're talking about today is how instead of choosing union with death, we need to choose union with God, who is the source of life. So, instead of distorting God's truth, we're going to learn how to be loyal followers of God, just like Micah was. And so, what we're going to see, just to give a quick layout, is what it looks like to be a loyal follower of Jesus, uh, based on Micah 3. Don't reject God's truth. Be a selfless leader and not a selfish leader. And listen to the Holy Spirit. Would you pray for me as we read it again? God, I just pray that this message would um, challenge and convict us to be real followers of you, to be authentic followers of you. Um, and maybe open up some places where, where maybe... Um, we, we haven't been, been following you well. Um, maybe there's some, some things in our life that have, have just plagued us for, for a long time. And I pray that today would be the day that we would drop that faith, God. So I pray, Jesus, just that we would receive what you have to say to us and that we just let your, your spirit lead and convict. It's your name we pray. Amen. So as always, like what we like to do is give you version promo. If you have the U version app, um, some of you who are here for, for two years can probably give the spiel, uh, but but we like to, to give it anyways. Uh, so the U version Bible app is a Bible app in the App Store. If you download it, go to the events section. We have all of the notes and scriptures and different like resources that you can dig in further into the week. Bible plan that directly links into the U version, which is really cool um, to, to just help you go deeper this week and with, with what's being talked about. So we're digging in to Micah 3 today. So if you have your Bibles, that's pretty much where we're camping out. nothing in their mouths. 
Therefore, it shall be night to you, without vision and darkness to you, without divination. The sun shall go down on the prophets, and the day shall be black over them. The seers shall be disgraced, the diviners put to shame. They shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, with justice and might, to declare Jacob his transgression, and to Israel his sin. Hear this, you heads of the house of Jacob, and the rulers of the house of Israel, who detest justice, and make crooked all that is, that is straight, who build Zion with blood, and Jerusalem with iniquity. Its heads give judgment for a bribe, its priests teach for a price, its prophets practice divination for money, yet they lean on the Lord and say, Is not the Lord in the midst of us? No disaster shall come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion shall be plowed in the field, and Jerusalem shall become a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the house a wooded height. Yeah, so I hope, I hope that as we've been in the series, that we would be able to see that the people were getting it wrong. Like, that's, that's pretty clear. Um, a lot of these chapters, maybe they're hard reads, and like what we just read at the beginning there, it's like, whoa, that's, that's, that's that's a pretty pretty big big deal, um, and so what what I want us to know is that um, we are invited into these stories uh, specifically to give us wisdom and understanding of, of how maybe how not to follow Jesus, but on the outside because of these different lessons in how to follow Jesus, and even maybe to feel the pain that might have felt. That's why he's bringing this message in the first place. He's feeling the pain that, that God is feeling. He's been convicted by the Spirit to give this message to the people because he doesn't want to see his people just give up on, on what God's trying to do. He sees where, where it's taking them, and it's not good. And so he's here to try and challenge and convict. And so maybe for us, uh, maybe it's time for us maybe to feel that as well, to have a little bit of challenge and conviction in our life to, so that we can grab a hold of Jesus. Um, deeper and, and feel that love even go, go further in our lives. And so Israel and Judah rejected God by abusing justice and abandoning mercy, embracing pride. They were influenced by gaining popularity and greed. And as we read it through the biblical narrative, we see that, that what God was telling them happened because they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't turn and we see that through the Assyrian and the Babylonian exile. They chose not to listen to Micah. The good thing is, we can. We can let this, you know, maybe it's not as as, as deep of issues that Israel have, but maybe there's something there that, that God's been trying to tug on your heart for a while to, to change and, and maybe maybe um, to, to repent of some, some past things uh, that you've been dealing with. Um, maybe it's stuff that you, you may not know, and so you, you ask God to point out those things in your life because you want to follow him more and more, because you want to experience the life that he's trying to, to give you. And so um, for us today, the good news is that, that we have Micah. He's the author and the prophet of this book, and he shows us what it looks like to be a true follower of God. We read that in, in verse 8, which we'll get to later. Uh, but he is a true and 
How do we live as followers of Jesus? The first thing is don't reject God's truth. These people had very clearly rejected God's truth, and they rejected the call to be different. They had, in a way, had kind of grasped back onto the, the places uh, surrounding them that, that maybe had either exiled them before, or they're like, oh, we see these people doing it, they're doing well, we're going to go, go for what, what they're doing. Um, they had rejected God's truth, and it took them in, in a path that was, that was dark and evil and full, full of injustice. They were called to bring life to others by giving love and status to the outcasts. And we read in verses 1 through 3 about how Israel and Judah had distorted the truth of God's word. They were to know the true kingdom of, of, of justice, but instead hated what was good and enjoyed what was evil. Like they had abandoned being merciful and were merciless instead. And we read that the people had had torn others completely apart. And that's like again, that's that's a metaphor. Like they weren't they were cannibals. Like like some people were, unfortunately, not not in Jerusalem and the Israelites, but like around them. And so um, but but in this, like specifically with, with the Israelites this, this is a huge, like, metaphor that God's, like, reaching out to them, like, you guys are, are ruining these people, these people that you're meant to love, these people that you're meant to show care for. They're losing it because you're not there for them. Does anyone just so happen to be from South Carolina? None of us? Okay, good. So this will be new to probably all of us. Um, there, there might be other areas other than just South Carolina, but I read about this um, in, this week. There's a barbecue technique called pig picking. Anybody heard of this? So what, what they do is uh, they cook a whole hog and eat it right off of the grill. So they put the whole pig on, take it off, and then um, you don't necessarily eat the bones, but like you straight up just go up to the pig and tear off the meat that you want. And, and eat it right right then and there. So it's pretty pretty. I mean, you can think about it like it's pretty looks pretty brutal, pretty disgusting. Like in my mind when I think about it. Um, but I think it's a perfect example for um, for what what's happening here. It's like they're picking these people apart. They're ruining them. And that's not what the kingdom of God is supposed to be about. And so this is what Daniel Curtis says in talking about this um, about this. Piggy related to it. The leaders were attempting to strip away everything of value from the people. The very people that were supposed to be loved as neighbors. There's no mercy here. They just cared about themselves. Just so you know, this is something in scripture, again, like that don't don't necessarily take it literally, but let it teach. Let the metaphor teach and how not to be these people, but to be the, the kingdom. What they were doing was devastating, and it needed to come to a halt. And we, we agree with that, like it needed to come to a halt. Because of their unrepentant hearts, they are taking themselves down a path of destruction. And we read in verse 4 some really hard words to hear. You will not answer them. But after that, we read, because, because they made their deeds evil. I think the NLT helps explain this verse further um, as when we read it. Then you make the Lord for help in times of trouble. 
Do you really expect him to answer after all the evil you have done? He won't even look at you. And in the most quoted verse in Micah, probably the only verse in Micah that, that some of us uh, knew going in that, that really like is like a teaching verse um, that, that we, we truly know is, is super solid and it's what we need to strive for. It's what we need to strive for. Micah 6, 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? We look at not rejecting God's truth and embracing God's truth. This is it. To be justice breakers, to love kindness, to walk humbly with God. These people were being the exact opposite of that. They abused justice. They turned it to get their, their own way. They abandoned mercy, and they were plagued by pride. The people went on to being content with their sin, and they lost out on all that God wanted to do through them. Not because he's a mean God, but because the people refused to turn back to him and live in the truth. So what does that mean for us? What are we distorting about God's truth? Are we living as loyal followers of him, or are we turning faces from him? Are we engaging in what the world tells us is good, or are we engaging in what God tells us is good? Are we loving God and loving others, or are we putting ourselves above everything else, while it may seem like we're, we're gaining steam, we're actually pulling ourselves in a deep pit? Embrace God's truth. Let his love transform you. Seek to be a part of God's will for this world by bringing hope and healing to it. That's embracing God's truth. Because his, what he's done for you is transforming you. He's giving you ways to heal from past wounds, to, to be reconciled with, with him and reconciled with, with others who maybe there's, there's been something there. That's, that's something that's not common, is, is being reconciled with people who've either hurt you or you've hurt them. Like that's, that's just not common, but it's possible in the kingdom of Jesus. I think that's beautiful. So seek to be a part of God's will for this world by bringing hope and healing to it. We can see change if God's changed people saying yes to being a part of the change together. Next thing is, we need to be selfless leaders and not selfish leaders. Micah wrote about being about self-interested leaders in like verses five through seven, um, and in that he tells off these leaders because they are focused on themselves and their own status. Like he, he talks about you know how how these people, these prophets who who cry peace and they have something to eat, they have they have things going for them. But then they cry war against the people who are poor, the people who, who are struggling to, to get by, the people who are struggling to, to find food. Like they were so focused on getting their kingdom elevated, and they forgot entirely or refused this kingdom that's meant to bring love and justice to the world. They like greed motivates them. They led people astray. They were con men. 
They're about making money and making their status higher and higher. And God says that they will be put to shame because of it. Now, thankfully, there's Micah. There's, if there's one hope in a person in the book of Micah, it's Micah himself. It's Micah himself. He is the glimmer of hope we see in this book. He stands as a selfless leader. In the face of opposition from everyone else, he held firmly to God's truth. In a culture that had abandoned loyalty and obedience to God, Micah lived in, in life full surrender to God. That's why he was there. Like, who, who, wants, who wants to be the person who, who tells all these people what's, what's, what's going wrong? I mean, that's not, that's not on my bucket list, per se. Um, but he was loyal to that call. He was obedient to that call. Micah lived a life in full surrender to God. He demonstrated that he was different from these false prophets around him. Servant leaders seek to bring life and restoration to the world over what they can do for themselves. We need to be like Micah and be selfless leaders. And the last thing is, listen to the Holy Spirit. You might think, like, why was Micah a selfless leader? Because he listened to the Holy Spirit. We read that in verse 8. Micah was filled with God's power. And because he was filled with God's power, he could teach with justice and courage. Israel and Judah were plagued deeply by their sin. They were, as, as we continue to see week after week, they were going a path that was separate from where they should go. And he wanted, Micah wanted to see these people change. I don't think he's just there. I think he so loves this group of people that he wants to see them change. I don't think that's why, I think that's why he's here in these places that's maybe, maybe full of darkness or turmoil or isn't a popular place for him to be as someone preaching opposite of, of what these people are speaking about because he loves these people and wants to see them change because the Holy Spirit uh, has grabbed onto him and he lets him lead. He speaks with courage and justice. And like God, Micah continued to want to see these people turn back to the creator of all things. And so for us, we need to let those spirits speak to us and let our lives be changed like Micah's. He was on a mission for God and sought to help bringing healing to the nation. And some of us, you know, may wonder, like, like how to listen to the Holy Spirit? Because it's like, you know, we don't always hear audibly from God, you know, it's like, go do this, you know. But I think there's there's places there where we have, like, this, this weird conviction at times to maybe help people. Um, or maybe there's, there's like, um, a verse that maybe we, we scroll upon um, on social media and you feel this 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 necessity to stop there and read the verse, read the description, and kind of just sit there. Those, those are little little places sometimes where, where I think the Holy Spirit is, is trying to talk. Um, this isn't a course on like how to listen to the Holy Spirit, but but like it, it's hard. It's hard because not always like an, an audible thing. But if it's if it's gospel centered, whatever you, you feel in your heart, it could be the Holy Spirit taking you somewhere. If we listen to it, we 
truly are seeking to be loyal followers of Jesus have a hard time believing that God is not going to bless him. And so, listen to the Holy Spirit. See, I, I think if we do these things, then verses 9 through 12 that we read about, I don't, I don't think they're, they, would, they would happen in our lives. Because they happen because these people were refusing to follow God. Zion was plowed because the people chose to forego following God. But we have an amazing hope in Jesus. Jesus came and blew up the myth of religion. He didn't come so people could know more information about God. Jesus came so that people could know God himself. We can't go before God with an arrogant heart. It's got to be with a heart full of faith, humility, and guided by the Holy Spirit. Let's find the places where we intentionally or unintentionally distort God and release those things to him, cast it to him. Let's empty ourselves of pride and selfishness and ask God to implant us a heart full of humility and surrender to him. Just so you know, we're still humans. Mistakes will happen. But don't give up hope. Keep returning to Jesus. Let him teach you how you can further follow him. It's about getting better. Like, when I think of, of a journey of following Jesus, it's about getting better. We're going to have slip-ups. We're going to have times when we fail. That doesn't mean the next time it has to happen. And so we get better. Keep learning to get better. Keep growing. And keep learning about Jesus. And, and seeing these places continue to heal. Like, like the, if you will, like an, like an open cut that uh, keeps coming back, maybe. Um, it, it's hard to experience healing sometimes because it's just that spot. Um, I was trying to think, so, little story. Um, we were, so, if you don't know anything about garages, probably most of us don't know a whole lot. Um, uh, I had a, we had a garage screen that <laughs> Kim was like, oh yeah, it sounded, it wasn't as loud as like a gunshot, but it was really, really loud and when it when it exploded. And so what you have to do when you go to fix one, um, you get like these little dowel rod things and you have to like tighten it up. And as you can imagine, like eventually it gets really, really tight. And it gets so tight that like if you let go of one of these bars, like it's it's flying at you at like hundred miles an hour at least. And so of course, stupidly, I uh, did something once and and let go, and the the bar swung, smashed into my knuckle, and it was like bleeding, and and um, didn't know what happened to it. I don't know if I broke that that bone or not, um, but it was at a spot where it didn't matter if I closed my fist; it would almost always just just open back up because it was just one of those, those spots. Um, but eventually it healed. And when we follow Jesus, those wounds that keep seeming to, to open up, if we're willing to let him truly transform us, eventually they'll heal. That's what I love about Jesus. Not the only thing, obviously, but it's one of the things I love about Jesus. It's these wounds that plague our soul, they will heal when we let him So for us, let's seek that. 
follow Jesus and truly surrender yourself to him, I believe you will speak God's truth and not reject it. You won't be a selfish leader, but you'll be a selfless leader if the others spoken. You'll listen to the Holy Spirit, and that will actually become a natural part of you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for the healing that you bring us. I just pray, God, that we would drop the weights, maybe that that we have right now, that are that are just plaguing us right now. That um, we would just lift our hands, let 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 it all release, God. I pray that the the wounds that continue to open, that we would be, begin to start to see healing. That we would let you be our light in those dark places that, that we have. And at the end of the day, that we would be loyal followers of you, to, to not even being close uh, like these Israelites, God, but to be more like Micah, to be more like Jesus, to be your hands and feet to this world, help it experience healing and hope like it hasn't before. It's your name.